Oh, yeah, a little more action, a little less conversation. That's uh, that's what we'd probably like to see out there, at least uh, when it comes to this next election cycle. A little more action from everybody. Thanks for sticking around. Rick Wagner here, still with you, and I appreciate you still being with me. Yeah, you know, the last segment when we talked about, uh, I don't know, this 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 whole FBI thing has been weighing on me, this whole destruction of the trust, whatever minor amount it may have been in the federal government, at least some parts of it, it just strikes me as so undermining that even though we can be cynical about it, and I am, <laughs> it still doesn't take away the fact that we have to be mindful of the fact that you, you can't have an organized, uh, even reasonably free society without some buy-in to the idea that the institutions are at least partially fair, that things work once in a while, that you can be of any political stripe you want and get at least somewhat fair treatment. We're just not seeing that right now. Now, obviously, we are in a time when we're going to have a lot more scrutiny on this, right? So the stories out there are going to surface a lot more. On both sides. I mean, on the MSNBC side, you know, it's, of course, very uh, sort of illogical. Uh, Trump uh, was a president. He could look at any classified information he wanted to. He could declassify it whenever he wanted to. But when he left office, he took something with him. It magically became something that became unclassified or declassified for a minute. And then it went back to being classified. And then he became a criminal. And then he uh, tried to sell the nuclear codes to Vladimir Putin and go live and a DACA by the Black Sea. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> this is the, just the kind of jumble that comes out of it. So uh, that makes you mistrust not only that part of the corporate news media, but it makes you mistrust the federal investigative branches and the national security apparatus that are leaking bits and pieces of things that allow these poor, sad, room-temperature IQ folks on MSNBC and CNN to put these crackpot theories together. So there's there's a synergy between those two that makes both of them worse. And it makes it hard to uh, hard to accept what's happened in our society in such a relatively quick time. Do I think that these institutions have always been lily white and all of a sudden kabam they just became, you know, the black hat squad? No, of course not. And neither does anybody out there. You people know better than that. It's just that there is what they like to call in astronomy an event horizon. That's something that they refer to like with black holes, where there is a point where as you get to this particular area, this is, of course, a physical thing in terms of this event horizon, where it becomes an irreversible situation. You cannot stop from being drawn into the black hole and then things start happening, thus the events, right? The event horizon. And you wonder where it is with us. Is there a point where the mistrust in government, the shattered and purposeful um, hunting of certain people in society in such a way that it appears to be political rather than for the good of society? At least the, that's not the right thing we should say, is it? Because to them, or what they say is, well, this is for the good of society. You ultra-mega folks out there are a danger. We have to hunt you down. And, you know, no matter what we do, 
uh, it's justified because of your incredible danger. See, this is this is how that dehumanization works. We always think of it as something else, although I, th- I believe that most of you out there are starting to see it happen here. You know what happens in other cultures, right? And everybody th- thinks about, oh, you know, what happened during World War II where they focused on ethnic groups and things like that as being the sort of apogee of it. But it's not. It's happened throughout history. Whenever someone tries to vilify their political opponents, if they can get enough behind it, if they can get enough people talking, they, they will just push and push. And eventually it has a life of its own. And it gets this topping thing that I've talked about before. Right, you know, where if I say that I am mad at someone, then the next person has to say, I'm super mad at them. And then it goes and goes. And that's what's happened with the Trump derangement syndrome. It's not enough to say you disagree with Trump. No, it's he's completely wrong. Well, I, I think that he's I think he's evil. Well, I think he's super evil. I think he's more evil than anybody's ever lived. I mean, that's how these things build and build and build. And when you get to that point, the real danger with that is not just you sound like a nut, but that. You so dehumanize the person and then so accentuate, in most cases, almost all cases, very fanciful ideas about who they are and what they want to the point where they're no longer human. They're, they're a caricature and there's something that you feel like that, well, whatever happens, you know, uh, by any means necessary. Think about that term. We hear about it a lot. It's it's attributed in many ways to Malcolm X, although I doubt that he's the only person that ever said it or the first person to say it. But the idea that what you need to do is so important and the other people are so bad that whatever means you employ are justified. Now, it's especially interesting when you when you look at our friends on the left because they go back through history and take very difficult choices, decisions, and points in time. And if it was made by regular people, let's say even a Democrat, let's say, oh, let's pick Harry Truman dropping the bomb on Japan. He was trying to end the war, I guess, by any means necessary. And they had calculated the amazing loss of life, both for Americans and Japanese, if we would have had to manually invade the Japanese islands. And this, as horrific as it was, was thought to be the move that would preserve life and bring the war to a quick conclusion. Because they so despise decisions made by really regular people at a, at a time, particularly when there was a lot of patriotism and people felt as though America was at risk, it seems as though that that period of time can be in a situation where no good decisions could have been made. You hear that all the time. And yet now, law enforcement, the courts, the rule of law, fundamental fairness as we understand it. We know fairness is kind of an elusive concept, but I think we know what the fundamental fairness is in in a broadest sense. All of those go out the window in their intense search to destroy the orange man and his followers and anybody that espouses a belief in him. And you have to take a step back and say, what what is so so scary about this, about Donald Trump. Of course, it is the fact that he is not part of the political establishment. He sees it for what it is. He's not lived in it the whole time. You know, I I heard a great analogy 
that I would love to have used for myself, but it was actually from Victor Davis Hanson because, you know, I listen to his stuff all the time. And he was talking about Liz Cheney, and he said that Liz Cheney was like a tropical fish that was living in a fish tank. And the fish tank is essentially, well, is Washington, D.C., and the environs and that type of thing, coastal leads, Washington, D.C., the New York, Manhattan crowd, whatever, they, they all swim in the same aquarium. And he was saying that they swim up to the glass, and they look out at the real world, but they can't really see it because the glass distorts it, the water they're swimming in distorts it. It's it, it, it's not something they, they can't get their head around it, their little finny head, I suppose. And so they have a very distorted view of the rest of the world. They live in a fairly small tank, and they swim in something that is different than what's outside of the tank, but they don't know it. And I think that's true. I think it's a great analogy. And so they look out and they, they do not understand these things. And when someone from the outside looks in and sees what a mess that tank is and how in need of cleaning it is, how it needs the glass scraped and some purification to take place and some of the unhelpful, perhaps even dead fish to be scooped out and thrown away, they become quite agitated. And I think that's kind of what's happened. I know it's a little of a strange analogy, but somehow it suggests itself to me. And along those lines about what they will do, that anything of any organization to stop Donald Trump from having anything to say about the fish tank, uh, to be able to clean it, get into it with, uh, you know, perhaps we're like a little tank and get in and scrape the sides or something. They don't want him in there because he's from the outside. And because he's from the outside, he doesn't understand what they've built in this tank. Right? And they don't understand where he comes from, what he's after, what the rest of the people outside the tank or want or look. They, they just know themselves. So they'll do anything to keep him out. And here was something that some of you may have seen is that Mark Zuckerberg, you know, the uh, Facebook uh, CEO and very strange person, was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And he said, I was just surprised here that he said this because Rogan was asking him, you know, what, what's the story with your guys and the Hunter Biden laptop, right? I mean, you guys just kind of suppressed that. I mean, Twitter shut it down completely and Facebook just kind of squeezed it down. And that's another story that I'm very curious about. And he said that the FBI came to Facebook just before the, the laptop information came out and said that they should expect a Russian disinformation dump at any time. And so they were very worried about this. I think that's an excuse to some extent. But I, I do believe that, that they were talked to by the government and went along with it. That should scare anybody. It scares me. We'll be back in a minute. 